Hello, everyone, and welcome to day 59 of the EC Daily Devotional Podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan, and I'm excited to do our Devo on Deuteronomy chapters 3 and 4 today. And it's crazy. We are cooking along through the first five books of the Bible. This has been such an awesome journey, and I pray that as you hide God's Word in your heart, that He is causing you and I to obey his commands, his statutes, so that, we, so that we might not sin against him. What a joyful promise that is. And, and I trust that this time has been fruitful for you. And I hope these devotionals have been blessings to you as well. well without further ado, we get into chapter three with Moses continuing this sermon, I guess for lack of a better word, to the people of Israel on what's gone up thus far as they are about to go into the promised land. So this has been a 40-year journey on what should have been an 11-day journey. And Moses is recounting all the things that led up to them being at the place that they are, just right there on the cusp of the promised land. And so he starts by recounting something that we ended our time in numbers with when Israel conquers um Og, the, the king of Bashan. And they do this, and it all starts with the with the promise from the Lord saying to Moses, Do not fear Og. Now we'll get in a second a reason why that's a big thing for the Lord to say. Do not fear him, for I'm given him and all his people and his land into your hand. And so and then the reminder is, you will do to him what you also did to Sihon, the, the king of the Amorites, who Israel also conquered. So then it goes on to tell us that Israel took their city, destroyed them, and even took hold of Og, the king of Bashan. And what it says in verse 11 is, Og, the king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim, or the translation is the giants. He was a giant. His bed was a bed of iron. Is it not in Rabbah of the Ammonites? Nine cubits its length. And so uh, this was a, a very tall man, a, a giant. And so if God can conquer Og, this would also be his the foundation of belief for the promises in the future as they're about to go into the land of Canaan. And what a promise to hold on to from the Israelites. And what it goes on to say is, remember when the the people of Israel are about to cross the Jordan, there's Reuben and Gad want to stay behind before the Israelites go across the Jordan and actually receive their inheritance of land there. It's good for their livestock. They have a lot of livestock that they want to raise there. And so they want to build cities. Remember, in fact, I, I did that devotion on that day is what Moses says is at first he gets angry, but they say, no, all of our men will go. We will fight until everyone, every person in Israel has their inheritance. And what a beautiful picture of the church that that is. And and so, again, the foundation for this promise is verse 22. You shall not fear them. Talking about who still remains in the promised land who have not yet 
to be conquered. You shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. Church, as Romans 8.31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? And that was the hope of Israel. That is the hope of David when he goes to fight Goliath. It is our hope today when we stand against our sinful nature, when we stand against the devil, when we stand against this world. If God is for us, who can be against us? And then Moses also recounts the time when he is told that he will not go into the promised land for his own sin, but he will go up to the top of Pisgah, lift his eyes westward, northward, southward, and eastward, look at it with his eyes, but he will not go into the land. And while that can be really tough, Moses is, even though he pled with God for him to be able to go, he is okay with this. And I think why Moses was okay is because God was his inheritance. Um, He would love for the land to be an inheritance that he enjoyed, but most importantly, God was his inheritance. I think of Hebrews chapter 11, when we're told that by faith, Abraham obeyed. And as he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, but it goes on to say that these all died in faith, talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greed them from afar. And then it goes on to say, if they had been thinking of that land that which they had gone from which they had gone out, they would not have opportunity to return. But as it is, they, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And I, I believe Moses was this same way because it, it goes on to say, by faith Moses in verse 23 of Hebrews 11, when he was born was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And then it goes on to say that by faith, when that by faith when Moses was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. So if he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, certainly he considered being with God greater treasure than being in the promised land. Oh, that we would have that same desire, friends, to be like Moses when it even is a cause because because of something that we've done, our own sin that keeps us from enjoying blessing on this side of heaven. May God alone be enough for us. And I trust that it was, that that God was enough for Moses. Chapter four is an incredible chapter. Moses is going to demand that Israel be obedient to God in the coming days and years. And I love what he says in verse nine. He says, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget how prone we are to forget. Like the people of Israel, this, we were told to constantly be reminding ourselves of God's gracious gift to us, both in the giving of his law and then later in the giving of his son. And Moses is telling the people of Israel, 
constantly be reminding yourself of what God has done for you and how God has brought you out and how God has kept you and how God has disciplined you. Remind yourself of these things. Follow his commands. Do what he calls us to do. Don't do what he forbids us to do. And this is the life that will be blessed. He goes on to then say, idolatry is a big deal. Starting in verse 15 of chapter 4, it is a big deal to worship anything or anyone other than Yahweh alone. And what we need to really see here is an important command of Moses that's going to play a really important part in Israel's history. In chapter 4, starting in Well, really starting in verse 23, he says, Take care lest you forget, again, we are prone to do that, the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. And so he goes on to say, When you father children and children's children and have grown old in the land, if you act corruptly by making a carved image in the form of anything and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, so as to provoke him to anger. Listen to these words of Moses. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. Now, what's interesting about that is in Isaiah chapter 1, when Israel has been committing idolatry and not following the commands of the Lord there, They're observing new moons and Sabbaths, yes, but while they have blood on their hands, they are not worshiping God alone, which is a big problem for Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 1, he is doing the same thing. The Lord calls upon basically heaven and earth to be witnesses in the courtroom for Israel's idolatry and to judge them for that. And what is the judgment that God delivers through the prophet Isaiah? Well, Israel and Judah will be taken into captivity. But there is a promise here that we don't need to overlook. He says in verse 29, but from there, talking about when Israel is scattered among the peoples, from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If you search after him with your whole heart or with with all your heart and with all your soul, When you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. Why? For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Friends, what a hope that is for us is that while we are so prone to forget what God has done for us, the Lord is a merciful God who remembers his covenant. He doesn't forget it. And his covenant he keeps. What a God we serve that he does that. And I think of that promise. A lot of people know this promise in Jeremiah 29. This is when uh, Israel is in captivity. And we're told, we, we many of us know Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. But what about verses 12 and 13? They're exactly what Moses promised. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. 
Friends, Christ has never turned away a sinner that sought him. Ah, what a what a hope we have in Jesus. Uh, even when we are getting what we deserve, like Israel will get what she deserves when she commits idolatry, those who seek the Lord with their whole heart will find him. I love how this chapter closes. Moses gives basically all the evidence for why Yahweh alone is God. He says in verse 33 and starting, Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, and by war, by a mighty hand and outstretched arm, and by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Out of heaven he let you hear his voice, that he might discipline you. And on the earth he let you see his great fire, and you have heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers uh, and chose their offspring after them and brought you out of, the, out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. Friends, this is the great truth. There is no God other than Yahweh God. And we can, I just encourage you today to have a list of the things that you've seen God do in your life. Has anyone or anything else ever done that for you? Has anyone brought you from death to life, friends? Has anyone saved you from your sins? Has anyone opened your eyes to the light of the glorious gospel? Has anyone brought you out from the miry pit? Has anyone ever called you by name, chosen you when no one else would have anything to do with you? Has anyone changed you like our God has changed you? There is no other. Our God is in heaven and our God reigns on the earth beneath. There is no other. This is our God. Let us worship him today, friends. I love you. I hope you have a great day and let us remember these glorious truths. Do not forget Be diligent with your soul. Remember that God is faithful to his covenant and he is faithful to his people. Be blessed, friends. Have a great day.